Welcome to the podcast, And the Church Said. This podcast discusses faith and mental health, church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. I am Dr. Monique Smith-Gatson, and I am your host for this podcast. Consider me your church counselor and consultant who is discipling the body and the members in mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual health. I am trained in both psychology and theology, equipped and equipping for the work of the ministry. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. This applies also to our special guests who have opinions and professional insights of their own. Their contribution is also not to be regarded as therapy. Our aim here is to hold conversation around these important topics regarding the church and mental health. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you all for joining me on today. And as I always say, I'm so grateful for the various ways that you all support the podcast. I had an email earlier this week that um, was from, I think, a life coach. Can't remember specifically her her title um, and the work that she does. Nonetheless, she sent me an email and just shared with me that she was encouraged by the podcast and that she shares some of my episodes with some of her clients. And so that was really exciting to hear because again, this is, you know, an act of obedience. It's a labor of love. And as I said last week, uh, don't, don't forget how much of a labor it is. <laughs> and I took those words again from my friend, Susan C. Um, but yeah, podcasting is a labor. It is really laborious, but um, yeah, <laughs> act of obedience, act of obedience, act of obedience. I have to keep telling myself that. But I just share that with you to let you know that that is just one example of the many ways that people do support the podcast and so forth every way that the podcast is supported by the people who support it in the various ways. I am so, so grateful to you all. This is why I continue to say that because it does, it really, really does encourage us um, or me to keep going with this thing um, when we hear experiences and people sharing um, that type of feedback. So I'm, I'm so appreciative. Thank you all so, so very much. All right, y'all. So remember, we've been focusing since the resurrections, as we celebrated resurrection, resurrection Sunday, we have been focused on the time period that Jesus spent between the resurrection and before the ascension. And, um, I think that was a span of 40 days. And if I count it correctly, May the 27th, 2022 will be the 40th day from when we celebrated Resurrection Sunday this year. So now this podcast episode is to be published on the 22nd. So the 27th will be this week, shall the Lord tarry. <laughs> um, the 27th will be this, um, this week. So we will hit that 40th day on this week. I've just been so excited about, I've been so excited about how Jesus has met me through studying um, the word, the scriptures, the passages that focuses on his, his, um, 
his uh, the events um, surrounding him between the resurrection and the ascension. And I have definitely found him. Um, I've experienced him in different ways. I've recognized him in ways that I have not before. Um, and just because I have been focusing and again, as I said before, feeling you know led to really focus here and meditate on this particular time in Jesus's ministry, I, I believe that he is really wanting to um, meet me in some grandiose manner and not to you know minimize the other ways that Jesus has met me. Let me put it this way. I'm standing in direct belief that Jesus is going to meet me in some places um, where I am needing the Lord to just basically show up. So that's what I mean. I'm, I'm grateful for the ways that he does reveal himself, reveal himself to me. And he has revealed himself to me through this word, through these passages in the gospels where we've been focusing However, I do believe and expect Jesus to meet me in a real way um, with a real scenario in my life that I've been praying to him about. So I just don't think it's coincidental if the spirit leads us to study um, specifically in a certain area that the Lord is wanting us to get something from that. And so it very well could be, you know, just just direction and just keener understanding um, of the various ways that he can appear um, to have faith <laughs> that he will, all of the things. So um, yeah, I'm just walking in anticipation and expectation and faith, believing um, that God is going to meet me in a very tangible way in my life. And of course, when he does, I'm going to share it with y'all. <laughs> I'll definitely share the testimony with you. But for now, just wanted to remind us of where we are in this time period, what we're focusing on um, these last few weeks in the podcast. And so today I'm going to focus on a passage from John 21, verses 1 through 7, and then I'm going to read verse 12. And of course, I'm reading from what is one of my favorite translations, the Christian Standard Bible, all right? So John 21 says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two other of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
And verse 12 reads, come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. All right. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. And just really focusing on this thought that it is the Lord. That's, that's where we're going to focus. It is the Lord. All right. So this passage, um, y'all, like the others, some of the others that we've been focusing on over the past few weeks, has really been interesting to me, this theme, the T-H-E-M-E that has shown up where these individuals don't immediately recognize Jesus. So remember last week when we were talking about Mary standing at the tomb crying and she turned around and she supposed that Jesus was the gardener? She didn't immediately recognize Jesus. And I think it was the week before that. I can't remember, but the episode that was entitled Prevented from Seeing Jesus or Recognizing Jesus, I think it was Prevented from Recognizing Jesus. That was the week where we focused on the two disciples who were traveling and they were prevented from recognizing Jesus. And they were walking and talking with Jesus, but they didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. They were very discouraged during this time and they were having this discussion and they didn't even recognize that Jesus was walking and talking with them. And so reading today's passage, the disciples did not recognize Jesus as they were fishing again and catching nothing again. So let's review something right here while I'm emphasizing on this again. I don't know. Some of you may remember the account that is found in Luke 5. Prior to the crucifixion, when the disciples had fished all the night and they didn't catch a thing, and they were with Jesus, and Jesus told them to launch out into the deep, let your nets down there for a catch. And Simon, our dear friend Simon, said, Master, we worked hard all night long, and we have caught nothing. But if you say so, we'll let down these nets. Now, my parents used to say back in the day, all that talk is unnecessary. You know, like when they tell us to do something and we got all this mouthiness for them. My parents would tell us back in the day, oh, that's not necessary. So after all of this that was said, which was not necessary, they followed the instructions and they caught a great number of fish. So if you're unfamiliar with this particular passage, I would just encourage you to go and read Luke. Um, the fifth chapter, the first 11 verses to have a reference of context from which I'm speaking. But back to where we are focusing today, this is after the resurrection. And it's kind of that same scenario before as the disciples are fishing again. Yeah, the only thing that was a little different in this scenario is that they didn't recognize Jesus, whereas Jesus was, was with them before. They just didn't immediately recognize Jesus this time, okay? And um, the, the passage, John 21, starts off reading that Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples, and then it goes on to describe to us in this way. 
which I just think is so beautiful because it's just been giving us um, many different aspects and many different looks, if you will, at how Jesus can reveal himself to us. So I've been really excited about this part of this study over the last few weeks. So um, Simon Peter announces that he's going fishing and the others say, okay, we'll go with you. And they fish all night again and they don't catch anything again. And day is beginning to break and Jesus is found standing on the shore. And this is where it states in the scripture that the disciples do not recognize him. But I love this greeting that he gives to them. He says, friends, like friends, right? So that was to suggest some sort of relationship, even though I know sometimes people will just say, hey, friend, you know, and you may not necessarily really be friends, but we do know here that there is relationship between Jesus and the disciples because he chose them and they had walked with him and been with him and been taught by him and all of the things, you know, prior to the resurrection. But it's beautiful that he he greets them with friends. And then he goes on to say, you don't have any fish, do you? And they answered him, no. Jesus gives a directive and he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Well, they did it and they found some and they found some more because the scripture says that they hauled a large number of fish. It was at this moment that the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, y'all, he says to Peter, it is the Lord. Like all of a sudden, like light bulb moment, like, aha, like it is the Lord. And so here they are recognizing Jesus as soon as they have this same experience, kind of with the same results as before that we referenced in Luke 5. Now, at this point, Peter just plunges in the water and he's, you know, I guess swimming toward the shore and the other disciples are in the boat and they're bringing the boat to the shore and they're dragging this net full of fish behind them. And so, again, we just observe what Jesus does here. Jesus did not say, now you know who I am <laughs> or aren't you glad you did what I told you? Or why didn't you just do like the last time? He didn't say any of that. Jesus simply says, bring some of the fish that you caught and come have breakfast. That's it. <laughs> bring some of the fish that you caught and come and have breakfast. I just absolutely love this. Now, it's almost as though he's saying, you've had this experience today that not only reminds you of a memorable, but also a miraculous time with me once before. Praise you, Lord. And now you also recognize me. Isn't that beautiful? I just, ah, this is just so vivid in my mind. I, I tend to be a visual anyway, so I imagine how things look in images as I'm reading. 
when we have these experiences in our lives that have been frustrating and confusing, you know, we might be disillusioned or dismayed. And let me just say, I, I, I'll say for me, I figure that's how I would feel if I were in the shoes of the disciples. Because when you have done all you like know to do, and especially when you've kind of been quote unquote professionally trained, okay, um, to do what you're supposed to do. Because remember, some of these disciples were fishermen, like by trade. That's like what they did. All right. So it's one of these situations where you're doing all that you know to do, all that you've been professionally trained to do and all of the things and, and nothing like you're still coming up empty. Like, I just I don't know. I might not know what to do with a client. I might not know what to say. I don't you know, we're stuck like what? I don't know what more to do. Right. And so I believe that there are other people who can say the same thing. Teachers. You know, I've, I've tried all of the methods that I know to help this student learn and, and or these students learn and I can't get through to them and I am coming up empty. There's so many doctors, you know, I'm, I'm running all the tests, I'm drawing all the labs, I still can't figure out what's going on with my patient. There's so many examples of how we can come up empty and it doesn't have to just only be professional, it can also be in our personal lives as well. Nonetheless, again, for me, I can feel frustrated and confused and dismayed and disillusioned and, you know, just kind of overwhelmed and at my wit's end. Been there, kind of done that. In some places, I'm still there. I told y'all I'm looking at for Jesus to do something for me real soon. <laughs> Needing him to move real soon. And, and for me, I find myself saying, Am I missing something here, Lord? Like, what am I not getting? And so then I start checking my listening. Like, has he given me some instruction that I just have not yet finished or followed through or obeyed from the jump? Whew, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> because if we listen to what Jesus says and if we follow through, execute y'all with those instructions, we recognize him and we recognize his guidance in our lives. We will remember those outcomes. And so then when we find ourselves in similar situations, when we hear his instructions in the current, it can remind us of those times previously when we asked, and he answered. We will remember Jesus meeting us then, and we see Jesus being with us even now. This is relationship, y'all. Relationship. So remember, I told you Jesus called them friends, right? Friends. So that suggested that there was some familiarity with them. They didn't quite catch that initially. Like he's calling us friends, like he knows us. We just didn't recognize who he, who he was, but he called us friends. So you think about it in terms of relationship. 
sometimes, you know, we start out with doubt and skepticism. <laughs> That's how it was with the disciples back in Luke 5. It's just kind of like, I mean, Jesus, you're like the theologian. You are a carpenter. You know, we are the fishermen. If they were skeptical about what he shared with them to do. But when they got to work and they got beyond all of their neverthelesses, <laughs> they had a great catch. And it tells us back in Luke 5 that Simon Peter had fought, you know, they, Simon Peter fell at his feet and he acknowledged his unbelief and his sinful nature. And Jesus told him, just don't be afraid. And Jesus bestowed a calling upon Peter at that time. He is taking what Peter already has, this ability to fish, and he is charging Peter to apply it in this newfound call on his life. Because Jesus tells him, you're going to be fisher of men. Jesus took what Peter already had and blessed him with it. And I'm going to show you how he is going to, how Jesus did that, even in this current scenario. But Jesus then was saying, you got the skill to fish. You're going to take the same skills and you're going to draw men onto me. So again, it was at that point in this point in time, after the record, after the resurrection, that they recognized Jesus. At this point, when this experience begins to feel familiar, when Jesus gave this specific instruction and they followed it and they had this great catch, this experience felt familiar. It felt safe. It felt trusting in their bodies. They remembered. And it was a beautifully beneficial experience for them because verse 12 tells us that after Jesus said, bring some of the fish, come and have breakfast. Jesus took what they had this large amount of fish that they caught, and he fed them. <laughs> Imagine. Right in this gesture, with this gesture, Jesus met their physical needs. He met their emotional and relational needs. He met their mental needs and their spiritual needs. Just by saying, bring me that fish, and come on and have breakfast. Because he took what he instructed them to do. He said, if you go over here to the right, you're going to find some. They found it. He took what they found. And he was like, let me take this and let me bless you with it. Let me feed you with this. So he met their needs. It's beautiful that as Jesus is cooking up this breakfast for them, the scripture tells us that they dared not ask, who are you? Because they knew 
it was the Lord. So although John looked at Peter and he was like, it is the Lord. As they are sitting here waiting on Jesus to finish up this breakfast, they were like, it's no need of us asking who is this person that we didn't recognize before. We dare not even ask because we know it is Jesus. They remembered and they recognized Jesus. So when we have these familiar and trusting experiences with Jesus, it does deepen our bond and our trust in him. We do become more intimate with Jesus. We'll sit and we'll eat together. Remember that passage at verse that says, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He wants to be invited in so that we can sup with him. Yeah. There's an intimacy. We sit, we eat together. Jesus did not require anything of them in that moment. He was like, y'all listen to what I said. Y'all hauled a large number of fish. Y'all brought in the fish. And now I'm going to give y'all breakfast. That was it. And if we follow this example of Jesus, as we relate with others, I hope that when we give instruction or direction or advice, it is sound, it is wise, it is prayed upon before we share. Because we're hopeful that this is going to bless whatever we share with them, it's gonna bless them in emotional and mental and physical and even spiritual ways. And then, as this can be some of the very first building blocks of relationship, I hope that when they have another experience with us, it can feel familiar and safe and inviting and moving further into intimacy like fellowshipping and just eating together. So simple. There was no sermon, just service. No condemnation, just care. No fear, just food. No religion, just relationship. Jesus was familiar. He was safe. He was dependable. He was trustworthy. People do not have to ask who we are if they know us to be loving and safe and inviting and known as a follower of Jesus. Maybe then they can exclaim, it is the Lord that I see, that I am experiencing, who is moving through you and upon you to do these gestures of kindness toward me. So I urge you to position yourself in relationship with the Lord, such that your relationship is deepening and becoming more trusting. Because it is going to be from this place that we're going to draw from to show others the love of the Lord so we can invite them to say, it is the Lord. Yeah. 
And I do hope that as you journey through this week, as you move closer and closer to that 40th day, that you will be able to see Jesus in some of the um, events and occurrences in your life this week, just focusing on this week. I know we have previous experiences. I'm just saying, let's just anticipate, okay? Let's just anticipate um, looking for Jesus. And I pray that however Jesus reveals himself to you in this way, as John 21 says, you will also be able to say, it is the Lord. So until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, be safe and familiar and trusting and inviting and loving where people can see Jesus in you and they can say it is the Lord what will be your response and the church said